Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Forged in Ohio. This is Jake Murren, the host of the podcast. What an exciting episode 24 for the program, as I'm going to be joined by one of the biggest names in Ohio combat sports. He has 13 professional fights of experience in mixed martial arts. He picked up his 10th win on March 24th at LFA 155, and it wasn't just any win. This man headlined the card and walked out as the new LFA interim bantamweight champion. Without further ado, let's bring in Jarrell Thundercat Hodge. Thanks for coming on the show, Jarrell, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, Jake. And uh, yeah, most, most definitely Ohio stand up. Yeah, man, the pleasure is mine to get you on the podcast. You completely represent the state of Ohio, and I want to get into that very soon. You now have double-digit wins in your professional MMA career. How good does that feel to hear? Man, it, it's, it's real. It feels real good, you know, just uh, going on the five-fight win streak and, um, you know, and uh, representing my state, you know, and, and, you know, making the people that, you know, believe in me proud and, you know, letting them know, like, their time that they put into me, all the beliefs they put into me, you know, it's not going on unnoticed uh, and um, unused. And not only are you one of the biggest names I've had on Forge in Ohio yet, but you might be more passionate about the state of Ohio than I am. And that's saying something because I've even created this podcast dedicated to Ohio combat sports athletes. Talk to me about your loyalty to the Buckeye State and the MMA scene in Ohio. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm born and raised here. I love my state, love my family, you know, everything about Ohio. You know, I love that we got all different seasons, you know, so you don't just don't get bored with one season. You got fall, winter, spring, so... I mean, Ohio, you know, it's, it's a good place to raise a family. Everything about Ohio is good, man. People here are good. Sometimes we a little shitty, especially in the wintertime, because <laughs> we don't like the snow sometimes. It's, it's here a little bit too long. But, you know, I, I'll, take, I'll take this snow over any hurricane or 110-degree weather any day. Absolutely, man. I feel like people, when they grow up, they either can't wait to leave Ohio or they just embrace Ohio and love living here. But this past yeah. winter, kind of mild, not too bad. Right. Kind of enjoyed the, the seasons this time around. I get, mm-hmm. do have to ask you, you know, one of the greatest fighters to come out of Ohio is former UFC champ Cody Garbrandt. And I'm sure you get asked about your knockout win over Cody in 2012 a ton. Cody, he's a dream guest of mine to have on the podcast. And with it being forged in Ohio, I do have to ask you about it. What do you think about when you look back at your knockout win over Cody Garbrandt 11 years ago? Um, I mean, like you said, it was 11 years ago. Uh, we was both amateurs and uh, he, he had a big, bigger name in Ohio. You know, he was training that strong style, and uh, he, he was the top prospect, bantamweight, amateur, and pro. So, like, you know, um, he had the big name, and I didn't really care for names. Like, me going into fights, I really don't care about what you accomplish because the people you – I say you fought is not me. So, like, I'm a different animal than the people you didn't fought that, that made you the top prospect. So, and that night, I definitely proved it. You know, he, he thought he had an easy win, and everybody else in the stadium thought he had an easy win, and – he woke up from a long nap, couldn't stand up straight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a thunderous KO, man. Is it something that you do kind of get tired of being asked about? You know, 11 years ago, this fight happened, and now you're, you know, at, at your peak, I guess, right now after winning the LFA belt. Is it something you're kind of getting worn down about asking about? You know, it happened this past. You know, we always talk about the past history. History is going to be history, so people are always going to bring up the history. But uh, kind of, but, you know, it, it's what got me the name everybody knows. So, like, 
I'm tired of it. You know, I want people to recognize me for what I'm doing now as well. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet and sour taste in my mouth here and there. Yeah, and even that clip on the Joe Rogan podcast with Paul Felder, I know they were talking about yeah. it, but they didn't mention you by name. Does that bother you they as didn't well? They mention me by name. I'm like, I'm still out here kicking ass, motherfucker. What about right now? <laughs> there you are. There you are. Well, we're obviously going to talk about your most recent win at LFA 155. But on the topic of Ohio, I have to ask about the video with you and your coach, Dave Graff, from Aries Combat Sports Academy. I believe you're going into the championship rounds of your fight. And to get you motivated, he's yelling, where the hell are you from? You respond with Cleveland in an incredible moment. Tell me more about what went down there in between the rounds. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel comfortable when going in the fifth round. Like, I feel like I won one, three, four. Man, he just messaged me on uh, on Instagram talking about he won two, three, and four. But, like, anyways, going into uh, going into that fifth round, I feel like I pretty much was dominating the first one, three, and four, and, you know, I feel comfortable going into five, and I was looking at him in the, over there in his corner, and he was tired. He was gassed. But, um, you know, I, you know, I, I just like to, you know, make my people proud. You know, whenever people talk about Cleveland, you know, they talk about Cleveland suck, Cleveland this and Cleveland that, but, like, really, Cleveland got some hard-hitting motherfuckers, and, you know, we, we no joke around here. So, like, I always like to represent my state, man, let people know we, we, we got some real fighters over here. Stop sleeping on us. Yeah, I've probably watched that video a hundred times by now, and it makes me feel like I can run through a brick wall for Ohio and for Cleveland. <laughs> Obviously, you went on to win the fight, but is that the motivation you kind of needed in that moment? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't definitely need it in the moment, but it, it also gave me extra motivation. You know, stand up, be proud. We here, and we we here to stay. So, like, it definitely gave you the extra motivation. But you know, I feel I feel comfortable regardless going to that fifth round, as a uh, we feel like we won the fight. Right, and you have the experience going to the distance as well, so obviously had some confidence going into that. Is this yep. something that Dave has done before between rounds or even in sparring before, or was this the first time that he kind of used that where the hell are you from type of motivation speech there? Uh, no, first time he always he, – first time he used it, but he always, you know, he's always pumped whenever – wherever Dave's at, man. He got life full of energy. He's hyper. You know, I'll be trying to calm him down, give him, like, night quill and shit. He stay up too late. <laughs> Drink Red Bulls and energy drinks every damn hour of the hour. So, like, you know, Dave was definitely a hype dude, man. So he brought that out. He said that. And that was that was definitely a, a fire-ass clip, man. Yeah, it really was. And you're the second fighter from Aries that I've had on the podcast. The first was Kyle Crum very recently. What's your experience been like training at Aries? It's been good, man. You know, we, um, we, don't, we got some good up-and-coming amateurs. Uh, Dave is an awesome ass coach. He he definitely put times in his fighter. You know, he definitely down to grind with you if you're willing to grind. And then he's definitely gonna be there in your corner if you need him. So like, yeah, Dave's a good guy. All my teammates at Aries, they're good, good kids, good up and coming amateurs. And you know, we, we definitely gonna make a name for ourselves this year. Yeah, and I think Aries was holding a watch party for you at the gym for your fight for LFA 155. What did that mean to you knowing that you had your teammates there supporting you from the gym? hosting a watch party there? I mean, it, it was definitely, uh, you know, anybody that takes time out of their day just to, you know, log in and watch me perform, watch me do what I love to do. I appreciate everybody that, you know, you know, take time out of their day just to watch me do something that I love to do. And, um, yeah, I didn't get no pictures from them yet, so I'm kind of salty. They didn't <laughs> send me so I can, like, post on social media and shit. But, like, no, I definitely appreciate them, man. It shows a, a lot of love. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love seeing those those gym clips, even at the highest level when like UFC champions win a belt yeah. and you get that clip from home. Just recently, well, I, I believe, you know, Leon Edwards had that with his his gym in UK and and they had that experience. So I'd love to see that video or even pictures as well. Once again, we're talking to Jarrell Thundercat Hodge on Forge in Ohio. Let's get more into that fight at LFA 155 more in depth here. You had seven fights in 2021, but only one in 2022. How much were you looking forward to getting into the cage on March 24th? Man, I was I, I had other fights planned before this March twenty fourth um, last fight. I had something I was supposed to fight for the MGM for uh, WFC, you know. And the promoter she went through like thirty different fighters, and nobody wanted to fight me. So it felt good getting back in there, especially knowing that I had a whole year off in two thousand twenty two. You know, I was focusing on my wedding with my wife. We got married last year, so like it felt great to get back in there, and especially on like such a big stage. You know, LFA's step up under the UFC. You know. And for them to offer me that title fight on my first fight for LFA, you know, it, it means a lot. So it lets me know that more than just the local scene in Ohio, you know, uh, believes in me or watching me. So it, it means a lot. What's harder, wedding planning or fighting? Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> I tell you, I, I will fight. I will fight 10 times a year, man, if I ain't got to get married for one year. No, yeah, that definitely was hard, bro. Me, like, trying to figure out, like, who do you want to invite? You got so many people that you love. You want everybody to come. But, like, the prices of weddings and the plates and this and, man, it's just. And then people not showing. And you wasting, like, $70 on a plate because they didn't come last minute. It's definitely hard. For sure. Any tips? Because I'm young, but I'm actually getting married Ooh. around this time next year. So I could use anything you have for me. Any tips on getting married? Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, I mean, you know, invite your loved ones. Make sure you get your loved ones. If anything, your loved ones got to come, come first before friends. Be choosy with your, your guest list because some people may not come. And like I said, those plates cost a lot of and, um just uh, enjoy the moment and like just keep your wife happy just enjoy the moment and uh don't let anybody aggravate you man just be happy man stuff gonna happen you know bad stuff gonna happen every day but just don't let that ruin your whole day yep there you go happy wife happy life right happy wife happy life yeah, yeah me, me and my wife uh, we got two kids and um one of my sons was supposed to go over to his grandma house after the wedding no kids were supposed to be at the reception but like he he threw a fit and he kind of like messed up her mood, but we had to sit back, relax, take a deep breath, talk to him. And we got back to having fun. But yeah, he definitely threw a wrench in our wedding a little bit. What was it like bringing the LFA title home to the wife and kids? What was their reaction? They was upstairs in the hotel, man. So the kids was asleep. The wife was there at the fight. She came to the fight, but the kids was upstairs in the hotel asleep. So I'm not a big partier, bro. I just went right back upstairs. I went to go hug them, kiss them, and spend some time with the wife. We watched a fight that night, you know, just recap, see what we, see how good of a job we did. And that, it, it's just special, you know, because those, I could see the, I definitely see like the enjoyment and the happiness in her eyes when we, when we like win fights. Just looking at her eyes is like, it's like um, my feeling, I could see my feeling in her eyes. So it's special. It's a special feeling, especially when I re reunite with her. She make me cry. <laughs> yeah, I could only imagine. And then do the kids kind of like idolize the belt? Do they think it's the coolest thing that, you know, you brought home the belt to them or just took it upstairs to them, I guess? Yeah, my youngest one, he was still up. My oldest one, he went to sleep, so he didn't get to see it when I got back upstairs. Uh, but the youngest one, yeah, he definitely enjoyed it. I mean, it's not the first title he saw, but he, I got like four other ones, at, three other ones at home that he saw. But yeah, he definitely enjoyed it. He seen how shiny it was and how heavy it was. Man, 
Bro, I pick, I picked up this belt, and then I picked up like my last three belts. It's like all three of those belts are about the same as this, as this one belt. So three belts compared to this one belt, about the same weight. It was ridiculous how much this, how heavy this belt was. But um, yeah, he definitely, he was definitely proud of his dad. So he ready to fight me. He said, "Daddy, can I fight you for this belt?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Whenever you want to fight, son." So if it's a three to one ratio in terms of weight of the belt, do you kind of see it the same in terms of the importance of the belt? Because it's an LFA belt compared to the other ones. Do you kind of see that same ratio in terms of how much weight you put into them? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. I like that. Um, you know what? I like to go into every fight. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, don't matter the platform. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's still going to be you versus one person and only person in there is the ref. So you were the ref and then one person. So it doesn't matter the platform. They all got the same rules. So I try not to put too much pressure on my head thinking about what platform I'm on because they all got the same rules. But, like, at the end of the day, yeah, this that platform was most definitely um, – it, it definitely had more weight compared to the other, in the other three. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it was your first time fighting for LFA and you headlined yeah. the card in the fight for the interim bantamweight title. How were the nerves the day of going into such a big fight? See, with fights, man, that's the most important thing is just keeping composed, like, before the fight, during the fight, and then after the fight, that's when you can just let your emotions and everything go. But you got to stay composed. Like, if you get too emotional in your fight, you gas out. If you get too emotional before your fight, you make yourself tired. So, like, staying composed and, you know, just don't put too much – uh, just don't give it too much weight, you know. Like I said, it, it was my first time fighting for LFA. It was a title fight. It was a big stage. But I had to lose that in the back of my mind and just think about what's important. Me going against this one guy, me getting a win, and then we could think about the other shit after that. But, like, it was definitely important, but I had to just push, keep pushing out of my head, man. And Dave, I had to talk to Dave uh, that morning of weigh-ins and the morning of the fight. Dave was making – he was putting too much pressure on a, on a fight. Like, bro, it's just a fight. Stop thinking about, you know, this can get us to call up. We Every fight can get us to call up to the next show. We just got to perform. So, like, let's not think about all that until we get this W. So, like, I try not to put too much pressure on it. How long did it take you to develop that mindset where you go into fights and just say, you know, it's just another fight. Don't take the nerves off and, and just go in there and perform. Oh, man, it, it, it took me some time. You know, I, I, after our, uh, I think I think after my second loss. Yeah, so my first loss was on uh, CFFC, and that was a big stage. And I was going against a big-name guy that was – like 11 and four and he was close to getting called up to the UFC and um you know what and I think I put too much on that fight and I and I and I gassed out he didn't get the finish I gassed out and then my second fight I lost that one too and I think I put too much pressure on it because you know I was coming off so coming off a loss and you know I didn't want to lose again so I was thinking about it too much so and then I gassed out in that fight I got tired and I was done so he didn't get the finish and that both of those guys in the UFC right now so it's kind of like if I had the stamina and I was focused like I am now, I don't think – I mean, the first fight against Tony Gravely would have been a better fight. But the second fight I lost, I would have beat that kid. Yeah, and both losses are by decision. With those two guys in the UFC right now, are those two fights that you'd like to get back at a certain point? Oh, most definitely, man. I'm, I'm a warrior, bro. Look, I, I'm ready to fight anybody that want to sign a contract, especially on a big stage like that. So, like, hey, to run that back, that would be great. And, you know, they go just let them know they're not going to have the same fighter that they had when I lost. So it's going to be a whole different fighter. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be a different fighter, too. So, yeah, I love that back. 
you talk about kind of gassing out in fights or getting tired. I, I've heard you talk about cardio and how fatiguing your legs has lost you fights in the past. Nobody plans yeah. to fight to a decision, really. But how did your body hold up at LFA 155 going all five rounds? Oh, man, I, I feel like I, I felt like I had the same cardio, same power from start to finish. Like I didn't feel no different from the first round to the last round. So. I think I think I feel pretty good, man. And the majority of that's because I feel like I was more patient and I learned how to control my emotions. And this was your first fight kind of back into MMA in quite some time. Obviously, you took a break from MMA, competed in some boxing matches. What was it like having to worry about those elbows, knees, jiu-jitsu, and so much more in a fight when returning to MMA after boxing? Um, you know, I, you know, I'm still in the gym and I'm still, you know, we still spar like we do in MMA rounds. So like I was still getting the head kicks, still getting the elbows and wrestling and takedowns and stuff. So I wasn't out of, out of the game. It's just, you wasn't, I wasn't competing. So it, it was nothing different. You know, I try not to put, like I said, not too much pressure on, on the actual fight different from like a uh, sparring at the gym. Also, I have to ask, the former UFC light heavyweight champion Glover Teixeira was doing commentary for the card. Any interactions with Glover after the fight? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, funny story. So we was getting ready to check out. Uh, we went to go, me and my wife went to go get some coffee at one of the coffee shots down at the casino. And Glover, he was in line. He came out of line, come and shook my hand, you know, tell me I did a great ass fight. Blah, blah, blah. I got skills and this and that. And then he went to go get back in line, right? was behind this little guy at first and then when he went back in line he got in front of the little guy he was like hey i was right here right and the little guy was like no yeah you was right here you was you was right here go ahead take my spot <laughs> me and my wife was cracking up about it but it was the funniest thing but i i was i was shocked that he came out of line it was like five or six people in line so he came out of line shook my hand told me i did a hell of a job you know my, my skills look very polished and in shape so it, was, it means a lot yeah, and from an outsider's perspective, it really seems like Glover Teixeira, he's one of the good guys in the game, right? It's kind of, you kind of have that experience with him too, it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah bro, like I was, a, I was a pound and a half over when I got to New York. So I had to go run, run and lose the weight. And then I came back downstairs to check my weight again. I was like 0. 0.6 over and Glover was in there. He was like, oh, 0. 0.6, that's easy. You got this. Go sit in the hot tub or something. You'll be fine. I was like, oh, thanks. You want to come sit with me? He said, no, I already did mine. I was like, oh, all right, bro. <laughs> I had to drop down. To, I had to drop down out of my drawers, too, and Glover was holding up the towel. So, I mean, no, no homo, no homo type of stuff. But, like, he was, I was holding up, he was holding up the towel. So, he was real, you know, he's not like a, he's a superstar, but he act like a normal dude, you know? So, he was helping out and everything. So, he's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. This might be a hard question to answer, but it was the biggest stage you've competed on yet. It was an absolute war, and you went all five rounds to win an LFA title. What did you learn the most about yourself after fighting at LFA 155? What I learned most about myself is, uh, you know, never give up on yourself. You know, I feel like a lot of people counted me out, especially after about two losses, and, you know, ripped me off, and, you know, just just don't, don't ever give up on yourself and just keep going, like... Who cares what other people think? You know, as long as you believe in yourself and uh, your skills, you know, you definitely can go far. Yeah, that belief in yourself can go a long way. The support you yeah. have in the entire state of Ohio is incredible. I'm sure you received a lot of messages after the fight. What was the support like for you after the big win? Oh, man, it was – I kept me up to, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, man, just all these love messages and people sharing uh, that I wanted to fight. It, it, it means a lot, you know. 
I know, um, I don't know if people hear it a lot, but like as a fighter, fans and uh, teammates, they give you a lot of motivation during the camp, during the camp, after a camp. Like sometimes, you know, I, I, I be feeling like I don't want to lose those last six pounds, you know, when I'm getting ready for a fight. But like I get one message from a friend or somebody that's a fan and they say something like, hey, man, I can't wait to see you fight on Saturday. And that's, that, that gives me the motivation to say, Jarrell, get your fat ass up. <laughs> And go and go run that extra mile. So like, definitely, I, I want to say the fans definitely they motivate motivate me. You know, winning an LFA title is a big deal. Have you noticed that you're getting a lot more support now and even more eyes to your name? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, I definitely feel like people out of the state of Ohio, Ohio is definitely giving me more looks and more notice and you know more followers and it's a lot more happy. You know, fighting on the bigger stage. And you're now on a five-fight winning streak with four stoppage wins. There are so many options for fighters like you nowadays. You could very well sign with a major promotion this year. Now that you're the LFA interim bantamweight champion, what's next for you? You know what? Me and my management team just talked yesterday. So we, we first, you know, we're going to enjoy this week, you know, uh, finish eating all my favorite foods. And then uh, next week we're going to go back to work. You know, we're going to uh, lock down on our diet, you know, stop stop eating all this fast food. Um try to keep our weight at a certain weight just to stay close and stay ready. You know, anything can happen. You know, UFC called us a couple of times for like a short notice fight, but I was too fat. I wasn't in condition, so I, I had to turn them down. But like, we're going to be ready this time. Yeah, that's awesome that they're already giving you the call and wanting you to step in on short notice for those fights. You mentioned, you know, eating what you want after a big win. And I talked about this last week with Miles Robinson about how he really wanted a cheeseburger after he won his fight. What's your go to <laughs> food after winning a fight? Man, after winning the fight, I would definitely I, I'm a fry guy. Like I love fries. I can't you can never go wrong with fries for me. So like wherever I see any fries, rallies, Wendy's, Burger King. I definitely love rally fries, but a lot of people don't know nothing about rallies out of Ohio. So, like, <sighs> fries is where it's at, baby. Yeah, fair enough. I mentioned how you could very well sign with a major promotion this year, and you talk about those short-notice calls that you're getting from the UFC. Could you see yourself signing with a promotion like the UFC, PFL, or Bellator by the end of 2023? Oh, most definitely. I, I definitely see that. I mean, we, we, we're so close, and just with this win from LFA – uh, title, you know, I could definitely see that's happening pretty soon. So I just got to be ready, man. You know, I, I have some issues that I was injured before, so that's not that's not an issue no more. So I'm gonna get this weight off, and I'm gonna be ready for that call. Are there any lingering issues or injuries after that fight at LFA 155? Or are you all good? No, I'm all good, brother. I thought I was gonna have some issues with my knee, but you know, I'm walking around. I'm I, I was on elliptical yesterday, and everything feels good still. So. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's great to hear, man. Does any does one of those promotions sound better than the others? Because the UFC right now isn't necessarily the only route to success or stardom anymore. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, I like I like them all, man. I mean, just just the platform. You know, let the fans, different fans, see you perform. You know, that's what I that's what I, that's what we do it for. You know, I do it for the fans and the glory. So I lo I love this shit. So, but yeah, any of them. I'm a fighter, man. I'm down to fight whoever you bring to the table. Long as you're paying, too, though. You got to pay. Absolutely. And you're on social media calling yourself the people's champ. When did you kind of develop that mentality that you really do it for the fans and the people watching? I feel like it's always kind of like been that way. Because, like I said, um, 
they give me motivation, man. Like when I, I want to lose weight, when I feel like I feel like quitting, I think about the people that took the time out of their life, my family that's at home watching, or the family that's there, and I and I think about them, and that's like that helped give me the motivation. Like, and I, I just I've been thinking about it ever since I've been fighting. It's just I just said it now today or yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I talk about the support system to all these different fighters and how important that is and how that support system for each individual fighter can bring about so much motivation to the fight game. And it certainly sounds like you have a great support system, not only with your family and your kids, but also the state of Ohio. And with that recent win at LFA 155, you're now 33 years old. You looked great in your last fight and you were just crowned with that LFA title. How do you see the rest of your career in MMA going? Um, you know, I, I definitely see after I'm done fighting, I still want to stay involved with MMA. You know, I feel, I feel like I want to open up my own gym, but you know, at first right now, I just want to focus on me because I can't, I can, you know, I don't feel like as a coach and a fighter, you can really dedicate yourself to your student. So at this time right now, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be a fighter, but like after I'm done fighting, I'm definitely going to stick in the game of MMA and help grow the sport and bring more young people to this, to this platform. Do you have any experience coaching or cornering other fighters? Oh, yeah, man. I've been cornering so many fighters in my career. Um, coach kid classes. I coach, it, I coach right now at Next Level in Alliance on Thursday. So I pretty much organize like our, spar, our sparring. I teach his Muay Thai up there. So, yeah, I do a lot of teaching. Um, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard trying to do both of them, especially when you get close to weight cut and you get – close to your fights you know you can't dedicate your time to your students as much i've talked to other fighters who have cornered athletes in the past and sometimes mm -hmm. they get more nervous cornering a teammate when they're actually going out there to fight themselves do you have the same experience or do you not really feel the nerves when you're cornering a teammate i definitely had the same experience um couple it's, it's, it's a different feeling you know you, you get this you get to see a lot more in somebody you care about that's up there that's in the shoes that you know we know what kind of shoes he in what, what is he doing in there or what he's going through because you've been there before so yeah most definitely I, I get a lot of nervous for my teammates when I'm cornering them and I and I see them in that predicament you know I know how they feel yeah absolutely you have a wealth of experience to give to these younger fighters who are coming up in in mixed martial arts and I thank you for the time before we wrap up anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles sponsorships anything you want to plug here at the end of the podcast uh, most definitely. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody that believes in me, uh, friends, family, my team at Aries, Dave Graff, my team at Next Level, my coach, Ed Bing, you know, my wife, Alexandria Hodge now, <laughs> and, all my, and all my family, man. I appreciate you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me on the show. You're an incredible guy, and I really appreciate a fighter with your stature giving me some time on here. We talked about your Ohio roots at the beginning of the podcast, and something tells me that you're going to love the way I end interviews on Forge in Ohio. It's with a okay. chant that I'm sure you know and love. OH! Ayo! Ah, I love that shit, baby. Thank yeah. you, Drew. I think that's the most passionate IO I've got on Forge in Ohio, man. By far. Hey. Love my state, and I love to make y'all proud, man. Absolutely, man. Just just as much as I do. Thanks again for the time. Enjoy the win and the title that came along with it, and hopefully we'll talk again soon, man. All right, Jake. You be easy, brother. 
That was Jarrell Thundercat Hodge, the 10 and three professional mixed martial artist. He was forged in Ohio and he embraces everything that comes with it. So I had to get him on the show. He's always represented Ohio well, but now he has LFA gold attached to his name. Along with that five fight winning streak, we could see Jarrell go very far this calendar year. And I'm excited to see where he goes after LFA 155. That's gonna do it for episode 24 of Forged in Ohio. Don't forget to follow at Forged in Ohio on Instagram and download and share episodes while you're listening to them. I feel like we have hit another gear here on the podcast. So thank you for all the support 24 episodes in. Thank you all for tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.